All right. So, what are you guys drinking tonight? Um, I'm drinking iced uh, licorice mint tea. Ooh. Hmm. Is it really warm there tonight? I got up to, uh, I think, a uh, high of 81 here. Yeah, it's like that here, too. It feels really mm-hmm. warm for this time yeah. of the year. Yeah, Same I here. hope that doesn't bode for a, a really hot summer. Hmm. How about you, Rob? I'm having uh, 7-Up, although I had a glass of wine earlier. Oh, well, there you go. And, and I'm having some Two Stars bourbon, which is also what I would give this episode tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Only two <No>. stars? <laughs> wow. So, we're on Arena, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure we're talking about the same one. The, with the creature, the Gorn. Yes. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yes, and we I hope we will be merciful and quick. <laughs> merciful and quick. <laughs> best, well, best we... line of the episode. <laughs> it was 53 minutes on, you know, the original um episode, so Yeah, maybe not so quick. Yeah. No, I don't actually uh hate this episode. Um I mean, yes, the the makeup and the costume for the Gorn was laughable, but you know, the story itself was not bad. Yeah, I I, I think the story is good. Actually, I, I'm giving it some crap, but it, it's a good classic Star Trek with with some good ideas. Um, occasionally, you, you're you're distracted by the, some of the fight scenes because because the guy moves so slow, and it, it's really hard to take him very seriously. Yeah. But, yeah, if you suspend your disbelief a little bit, it, it works. <laughs> yeah. That kind of thing. But, yeah, it, it, this is definitely one of those episodes where the high-resolution image we can see of it now does not do it any favors. I think you nope. can really see the the, the flaws in, in the episode. And, and that, that sort of goes for the opening scenes on, on the planet as well in Cestus 3. Yes. And you know, you know that, that kind so of what about the opening? The see, I feel like the sets for that opening scene on Cestus Three is those are actually pretty good. But it's mm-hmm. the you mean the the effects or or the yeah, they're just little bits. Like <laughs> I just kind of laugh where where they he he Kirk jumps out to do something and he does this little roll on the floor and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh right. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it it's an interesting setup, and it's very unlike other episodes. The way it, the way it opens, I think it has a really interesting feel to it, and it's also a location shoot, which is different too. Yeah. Um, well, and the uh, the opening shot on Cestus Three, the shot when they beam down, actually, this is it's a good example where the CGI remaster actually really improved that oh okay because i i thought that the set looked really good and i i couldn't remember what the non-hd one looked like so yeah it was pretty bad it was pretty bad okay yeah and uh you know i actually uh as far as teasers go this one worked really well because i mean you start off they're beaming down to this pleasant uh you know, a colony for a swank dinner and everything. And, you know, it seems very light and they beam down and immediately they're in a war zone. So, you know, that was 
that was nice and dramatic and uh I mean, how can you not hang around for the first act to find out what the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great teaser. Yeah. Absolutely. I think this episode is generally well paced and they don't I think pretty wisely they don't set up the the mono e mono confrontation until until the halfway mark. Um so, because I think they realize that that's about as long as it's going to take. And, and there's even even a little bit of, it feels a little bit of a drag when he's when Kirk figures out how to build the weapon and they show him doing all the things that he needs to do um, right. to actually build it. But I think one thing that I noticed, I had new appreciation for this episode, this most recent time watching it. And I, I again, it goes back to the, the first season, the storytelling was generally tighter and better and one of the things that they do really nicely in here is Kirk is comes across in the in the first half of the half of the episode when they're pursuing the Gorn. He's very he's extremely aggressive in his decision making, and he's and he actually so the the first half of it when they're battling the Gorn on the planet surface and then pursuing the Gorn ship, they actually win. They prevail um, over them on the on the surface by using superior weapons like they come up with they have this superior weapon this kind of hilarious um mortar you know (laughs) yeah that's sort of ridiculous looking flimsy mortar but anyway but they but they have the superior weapons so they defeat the gorn and and then so it's it's interesting how that's that also is how the the one-on-one combat unfolds too once they get to the planet and he's so they set they set it up really nicely like there's a lot of like foreshadowing of and Kirk says at one point on Don Cestus three, he says, "We'll have to work with what we have." Like he's, you know, it's like wow, that's like they're they're setting up what's going to happen when when he's on the planet alone with the Gorn. Uh, like that's he's an have interesting to use. point. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, but you see over and over again in the first half, you see Kirk. Um, Spock tries to she tries to say, "Wait a second, you know, are we? Do we really want to destroy the ship? Do we really need to do it?" And do we? And he he says, "Look, there could be other reasons why the Gorn attacked Ancestus Three, And Kirk just th- th- won't even listen to him. No, nope. just like shuts him shuts him down. Like he says, "Nope, uh, they destroyed the colony." And so yeah, there's no the, time for that. We <laughs> don't have time for that. Yeah, and it's yeah. I'm sorry. And I was just gonna say it's um it's kind of anno- you're kind of annoyed by it. Like really, this you're being rash, Kirk. Um, but then it yeah. Go ahead. And it's uh, really notable uh, to watch uh, Nimoy's, ex- well, Spock's expression at that point because yeah. he looks very bothered by that and he actually gives a, a little sigh of exasperation when Kirk insists on, you know, pursuing and attacking and ostensibly destroying the the Gorn ship. He, he's very reluctant to agree to do that. Yeah, and it what it does is it really sets up the his reversal at the end really nicely because at that moment when he he's been we see him being you know shutting down peaceful options over and over again um not not identifying with his opponent and then finally at the very end we see him flip and so it's more it's more wow it's meaningful when he finally it does require us to like um you know if you know, if you feel like you know the character of Captain Kirk really well, his behavior up to that point, it does feel like a little bit. Well, yeah, that's what I was yeah. about to say is how it, it, it almost seems a little overdone and unKirk like, just to, just to prove that point. Yeah, and he only had to get the shit beaten out of him to you know to turn his attitude around. 
Right, right, right. I was joking, but okay. <laughs> he totally um, did, though. <laughs> yeah, he, he, I mean, yeah, Goran damn near killed him. And, you know, you know, the thing about that is, if you'll remember on, uh, in my opinion, the only decent episodes of Enterprise uh, came out of the fourth season. And there was one, uh, Through a Mirror Darkly, I think it was, it was a two-part episode where they, it, it featured a Gorn again. And uh, Dr. Flox, yeah, that was his name, the ship's doctor, compared it to a Velociraptor. Now, from, I, I mean, of course we don't have anything like reliable knowledge of what Velociraptors were really like, but um, you would think, I mean, it, it, it's, it's pretty widely accepted that they were not slow. They were probably incredibly fast, and incredibly good jumpers, and, mm -hmm. you know, really nasty predators. How, how the hell would Kirk survive... Uh, an encounter, an unarmed encounter. Yeah, it doesn't one. match at all. It doesn't seem like that would have worked, as opposed to a guy in a rubber suit. Yeah, but I mean, they they, they took some it, liberties. Obviously, they're like, well, we, well, we can yeah. make a and, cool CGI lizard thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. With their they worked. They tried to work with the limitations, and they made him slow moving. And then, the, then they carefully established how tough he was. Like you know how. Kirk basically dumps a big boulder on him, and he just kind of gets back up. Yeah, there, there's a really funny moment though where he they sh there's a shot of the Goran looking up and seeing the, the boulder, and he kind of does have like an "oh shit" expression <laughs> on his face <laughs> as much <laughs> as you possibly could. You could see he looks like "oh yeah," <laughs> and, and it seems like the the biggest there there are two things the Goran is good at. He he knows how to make a good snare. Yep. And yeah. he's just incredibly tough and thick-skinned. Literally. Yeah, literally yeah. thick-skinned. Yes. And you, know, you <laughs> could have rocks, a pile of rocks thrown on him, and, and he's not really... <laughs> he just gets back up like, again. Oh, that hurt. <laughs> and otherwise, you know, it, it, you don't see a lot of great strategic thinking going on. Yeah. Now, if you guys were... Here's a question for you. If you were placed on a planet with a Gorn... <laughs> Wouldn't you? Here, what I what would I do? I would just run. I would just run away. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, "You're never gonna catch me, dude!" And um, you'll just wear yourself out trying to catch me. So, right. I don't know. The the way the guy, especially knowing how he moves. Yeah. yeah. I, speaking of the the stop running. I think it's a neat twist that they added in the whole communicator thing where. Kirk does all this Captain's Log-like things and not realizing that the Gorn's been listening the whole time. I think that's a neat little twist. Well, you know, something that didn't um, didn't quite jibe for me... Uh, well, uh, backing up, uh, and their little uh, communication log recorder mm -hmm. device, did that look familiar? It did. It, it looked exactly... It, it's the same prop that they used for the Universal Translator. <laughs> In metamorphosis, uh, like in, uh, right? Yes, yeah, metamorphosis. Yeah. Um, but but the other thing is that the Metrons uh, profess to be uh, highly evolved, very peaceful, <laughs> very uh, pacifistic and civilized. So I guess I can kind of see how pitting the two primitive savages against each other to see which one, you know, let them 
settle their differences that way. I can kind of see that, but the whole thing about, you know, and, and the loser gets blown up. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's I'm, not that's not peaceful or civilized or... It's really pissy. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're and overpowerful I, aliens. It's like, you woke us up. We're going to blow your ship to bits. Yeah. And I, I totally had the same problem with it. And I, especially, you know, when you... When you compare them to the Organians and the way that they, which yeah, that that was, which was handled like, a lot better in that way. Yeah, and you truly believe the Organians are this evolved civilization that really does have poor violence, and but the way that they handle it is they just say we're going to keep you guys from fighting, right? And so, and the Metrons seem just about as powerful, and yet they, so they obviously have this like weird kind of sadistic streak, you know, this sort of like ooh, let's see what happens. Yeah, just like the uh, kind of. The Excalvians on uh, uh, the Savage Curtain. Yeah, which, which, that's right. Or even the Telosians. Or... Yeah, yeah. Well, the Telosians weren't really malignant or um, or cruel or anything. They just, um, well, I don't know. They did torture Pike. Yeah, they tortured mm-hmm. uh, Vina as well. Vina too. Right? Yes, that's oh, true. Yeah, a bunch um, of fuckers. They're all a bunch of fuckers. Those alien Aliens. civilizations. Oh, well, not. Not so much the Organians, but no. you know, if if smug there had been self righteous, they they're, su- they're super smug and self righteous. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we're so advanced. Maybe well, in especially a in what the in hell, what the hell is that guy wearing anyway? <laughs> well, you know what would have been really interesting, I think, is if uh, well there had been more seasons of the original series, or maybe in next gen they had uh, talked more about uh, the Metrons and. Uh, and uh, Yarnex people. Well, at least the Organians and the Metrons, because you could have set them up as two rival, uh, super evolved species, and you know you could explain that you know the Organians are more pacifistic, peaceful, and even uh, benevolent, and uh, whereas the Metrons are equally advanced but they're not so benevolent well um, there it's the problem is that the metrons just don't they talk the talk but they don't walk the walk like they they're all all about how we're we're, we're evolved beyond this crude we're, violence we're more and, civilized and, kind of, yeah. and we're more civilized and yet they don't really act that way yeah and that's the problem well yeah i i understand that but it would have been interesting to um establish kind of that in uh our galaxy at least you have uh, two major super evolved species uh, or factions that are, you know, they could even be the same species and just different factions of them. And, you know, you've got the Organians on one here, one hand, who do talk the talk and walk the walk, and the Metrons, who are basically super douchebags. They are <laughs> douchey, yeah. And, and, yeah. and is it Metrons or Metrones? I don't know. They pronounced it both <laughs> ways. Little inconsistency. There. I, I think it was Shatner who pronounced it Metron, and yeah, um, Shatner. I've noticed that he tends to have some very strange pronunciations. It's true. But anyway. Hmm. Interesting. Um. There's not really a misogyny corner for this one because. Although I didn't like the way they had. Um, you know, when Kirk disappears off the bridge, he has Uhura scream. Oh, yeah. that's true. I forgot about that. That sucked. <laughs> that's so. That was totally unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, well that annoying. counts. I mean, if there's anything, that's it. Yeah. But that yeah, that's really about it. Yeah, I mean, the other thing I, I did enjoy was the again back to the opening scenes, where um, well, I, actually, this is both enjoyable and also kind of head scratching. But it appears that no one's in command of the ship. It's the Sulu's talking to Kirk on mm-hmm. the communicator, and he's apparently in command, but he's also at his station, like. Scotty's not there or anything like that. Or mm, it's a yeah. little just inconsistency, I guess, more than anything. It was. It was, it was yeah, def- yeah. obviously Sulu was making supposed to be. I, I guess in he command, was in command. Yeah. He was calling the shots. <laughs> no pun intended. But but you're right. They would have had. You'd think the protocol would be they would have Sulu would be sitting in the captain's chair, and then they would have another. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that that was a little little bit odd yeah. that he was basically being the commander but he was still sitting in his old seat right um hmm. on the other hand it, it's it's an interesting maybe a, one of the first times where they've laid out the what we now familiar ground rules for uh beaming people up while your shields are raised business mm, that's yes. that's one of the earlier if not the earliest time where that that rule of star trek is established Hmm. I think it's a good point. Good observation. And, uh, yeah, so. and that's an important limitation. It, it is. Obviously. It's it's it's, it's like a great. It's it's back to the whole um, making sure that that you know you have rules that the the characters have to follow within the the world of the show, and that that that's actually a you know it it sounds like sounds like something silly, but it actually um, comes up here and there, and it it was relatively consistently done. Hmm. And that's good, and they, that's it's another thing that they got, they got right early on. Again, small thing, but yeah, that's one of the reasons we still like it. It's true. So it's a little unclear to me in that opening scene, battle scene, um, what the nature of the the Gorn weaponry was, because mm-hmm. at one point, one of the crewmen is basically vaporized. Yeah. So they seem to have some kind of like phaser-like weapon, and yet they're throwing these really crude, um, like mortars, which is is sort of strange. Like if they had these like super phasers, why don't they just use the super phasers to blow everything up? And yeah, so it's a little bit. I yeah, I, I felt like there was a yeah, the, this futuristic and retro. World War Two, like again, as you called them, mortars. Yeah. As things, you know, even with the sound effects of the the whistling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, again, it's, yeah. it's something you can reuse that from probably some other sound effects track, some, or yeah, some World War Two movies. Or I, something. I'm sure that's where they got it too, and 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 yet, you know, well, we can't just have a guy blow up. We have to have him vaporized with a phaser effect. Right. So you can't. Yeah, because that's <laughs> weird. Uh, though the the sensors, you can't have a guy. Blow up and have his limbs, oh, no. bloody limbs, flying everywhere. On <laughs> Star Trek, uh, no. you can't do that. They always have to just vape, disappear. Yeah. So yeah, that, which re- really, for most of the time, worked well. But yeah. but in this in this case, it seemed odd because of the 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 other the background explosions and the sound effects they used. Yeah, definitely. A little bit strange. I also think that. Um, at the end of the episode, when they there's a sort of reversal or sort of a moment of of 
an epiphany that, oh, the Gorn were just trying to protect their space. Yeah, misunderstood. And <laughs> they were misunderstood, but yeah, I, I get that. But on the other hand, they still destroyed yeah. <laughs> a basically defenseless colony and killed a bunch of civilians. And, 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 with, and, without, and Kirk yeah. and the rest of them are, are quite... Uh, they, they have a, a really big change of heart about that. Yeah, and I don't, I'm not sure it's totally justified. Like, the Gorn didn't make any effort to say, hey, you're in our space, get out. No, no, they, there's no indication of that. Just slaughtering a bunch of civilians. You know, and in comparison to, like, the Tholians, <clears throat> yeah. the Tholians at least said, hey, you're in our space, get out. That's, yeah. that's true. So it might have been better, better storytelling if it had been some sort of military outpost that was attacked. Um, I don't know. Yeah, which... But then you wouldn't have made the... I guess maybe the enemy wouldn't have seemed as as horrible or formidable or whatever. Right, right. Plus you wouldn't have... You, you have that scene with the with the guy on his <laughs> nearly deathbed in sickbay. Doing like... Why? It's one of the worst... Why? <laughs> worst sickbay <laughs> acting. Uh, that's That was just really excruciatingly bad. I don't know yeah. what it was about his... Do, do, you, do you agree with that? I don't know. But he, uh, he, he was, was just, he was gonna get a get why why anyway. no reason no reason <laughs> yeah I, I I blame the director for that I should have kept yeah, that shit under probably. control uh, I'm wondering if uh, you know <clears throat> going back just a little bit uh, talking about how you know the Gorns were guilty of wiping out a um, civilian colony without warning. Does that mean that Kirk was uh, that initially Kirk was actually right that he uh, that hunting them down and making them pay that actually was the thing to do and that he was not necessarily right when at the end when he just said okay you're forgiven you know no harm no foul when actually there was significant harm uh, it, it makes me wonder you know. Regardless of, of your feelings about trying to maintain the peace, trying to uh, be empathetic, you know, that's all well and good. But if you just say to, uh, I mean, a dangerous foe who, uh, you know, attacks you without any warning or explanation, you know, just saying, oh, well, we'll just, we'll, we'll forgive that. Don't worry uh, th- about that's it. That's why, you know, with, with a little bit similar situation why it's handled so much better in uh, balance of terror yes i was just thinking exactly that yeah much much better setup for that that kind of a situation early alien encounter attacks you know what what do we do about it well and we were talking earlier about um the interplay between spock and kirk uh about what to do about the gorn attack right um and you compare that to their discussion in Balance of Terror of the situation and what they're going to do about it. And it's much more measured and uh, believable because Kirk wasn't, oh, we got to kill him. Oh, let's go, let's go. He was, he was reluctant, <coughs> but yeah. uh, determined. And Spock, you know, wasn't happy about it either. But he, he acknowledges, you know, you know, if this is indeed the case, then yep. we better kick their asses. Yep, he he acknowledges his pacifism, but he's also very logical. 
Yeah. Which is just another reason why that episode is so good. Of course, you could argue that, that, that Kirk was just so so passionate about getting back at these guys because uh, they cheated him out of some amazing dinner. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> they make a big deal about how yeah. this guy... Oh, it's hospitality. ...is legendary. <laughs> <laughs> Sits there, no fucking dinner? What? What? That's it. This is personal. Okay, shit just got real. Exactly. It's, um... You know, we talked about this before, how they... That making something dramatic or more dramatic is sometimes... I mean, it, it takes precedence over sort of logic and realism sometimes and start in the original series and they that might be Roddenberry I don't know it could just be the the, the sort of sensibility of the show that they in, they want to, they're so intent on showing the transformation in Kirk that they yeah. they kind of have him acting irrationally you know they have him going you know from one end of the spectrum to the other instead of having a more measured response and, and but, something that might have helped in this one for that would have been some insertion of McCoy and his yeah. because he he wasn't really there uh, he wasn't at least he wasn't written to challenge Kirk or defend mm-hmm. him you know that that dy- dy- dynamic is not as well played out yeah because usually it's yeah it would be McCoy and and Spock pushing in opposite directions and and Kirk kind of mediating between them yeah. I I do also enjoy in this episode the again some of it maybe for very practical reasons but that you don't you don't see the Gorn until halfway through the episode or whatever it is that he appears. You don't you don't you don't know what they're like. You don't even see their ship. And yeah, uh, that, right. that's that that's a nice touch. Yeah, I mean it's it kind of goes back to what we've talked about before uh like with Jaws or Alien, yeah, yeah, where you don't show the monster until you know you let the tension and the uh, expectation, especially build. on something where they're they're dealing with an unknown race, gets back to the exploration element, even in the midst of a of mm-hmm. an episode like this that's also tragic and violent. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's 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 good. It, it, there are lots of little little bits and pieces that really are compelling. And I, I, I think beyond the, the laughable costume and that kind of thing, I think you know they, they maybe could have made this one a little bit better. How but, how do you mean? Uh, just, just fixing some of some of the character things and uh, just bits and pieces. I, I think overall it's it's really quite good. Yeah, I think the major problem I had with it was the, well, yeah the the bit with Kirk. How he, uh, his reaction, I, I mean, you can understand it in a way, his initial reaction. You can understand it in a way, but for Kirk, uh, that really was that really was out of character. It's too over the top, um, really, for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's my biggest complaint. You know, the other stuff about the, you know, the way the Gorn is portrayed, or the, the makeup and the, the suit, you know, they did the best they could. Oh, I, I think so, so too, yeah. The other thing where where I think we all kind of roll our eyes with the, the with the metrons and the the things they're they're doing the watch watch watching the the lesser races compete and blah 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 it's just just because it was done so many times 
whether whether there are other episodes yeah. where they'd use that kind of thing with you know superior alien power is uh, making our characters do this or that yeah, yeah, it's 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 so own, they um, just re- unfortunately, and this is an early one, so we can't really say that so oh they're doing this again. But since still, we know yeah. it, so this this trope is is so well overdone. It's it, it's a genre. It's a separate. I mean, in my scheme, which I know you all care a lot about, it's it a is. separate <laughs> genre. It's called Planetside Menagerie. Mm-hmm. That's right. How does how do you think that fits here? Well, it's just whenever the crew of the Enterprise is a uh, plaything of an alien civilization. So, um, and preferably with the rest of the bridge crew watching them on the screen. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how often that actually happens, but so this one, Savage Curtain, Spectre of the Gun, Gamesters of Triskelion, oh, yeah. all fit into this category. Probably um, Squire of Gothos as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah I guess I can. They weren't exactly the playthings, but uh, they were deriving some sort of amusement, satisfaction. entertainment, satisfaction, edification. Yeah. Well, yeah. At the end, he even even says something like, "You know, oh, you surprised me, Earth person. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect you to do that." And then he still offers to destroy the other guy's ship. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's the thing. Yeah, it's asshole. like, really, you're still gonna offer put leave that on the table? Yeah. <laughs> and you're, you're, so in your advanced civilization, like, no, come on, just let me destroy them. Come on, you know yeah, come you want on. it. I've been looking forward to this all day. <laughs> well, you know that. Um, actually, when you think about it, the Metrons acted very much the way uh, the Q do or did. Oh, it's a little bit Q-like, uh-huh. isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. I could see Q saying, "Oh, and, you know, if you want me to destroy them, now, cool, you know, I'll do that." Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Fair point. Yeah, have, so have, speaking of Q, I, I'm sidetracking us a little bit. Have, have I have I told you guys that uh, um, Spencer is taking a class at his high school right now on science fiction and society? Yeah. It's really interesting, and it's all it's all about Star Trek, basically. Really? Huh? Yeah, that's they, interesting. Yeah, they they watch the, the the teacher assigns episodes, and they watch them and have to write about them and stuff. Hmm. Yeah, it, that's been that interesting be... just to see what 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 she picks, <laughs> which has been lots of very obvious you know issue related ones from all the different series. Hmm. I um. Have you read any of the uh, what? the responses have been from the kids i would love to but no i haven't yeah. although the funny thing i think i mentioned this to rob once but one of the assignments is he had to create a big kind of um cross-section of all the characters in the different episodes in the different shows and explain what maybe their their all their basic uh, situation is their their motivations their blah 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 and, and when we got this and, and i helped him a little bit with this because he was late turning it in so it's like okay let's just whip through these <laughs> and we got we got to some of the ones in like voyager and enterprise and stuff and i just thought i i can i'm racking my brain and i cannot figure mm-hmm. out what this character's motivation or uh, or goals yeah. are or things like that it was just they were so really... vacant <laughs> It's a, yeah, a bad and, sign, yeah. Yeah, I, I, well, I really, and, and it, a lot of them were so easy. It's, you know, with with, with most of the next-gen and original series, and 
even most of the DS9 characters, but you start to get into the weeds. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're just, well, because they're, they're, they're just so, so thin. Yeah. Well, are you talking about the characters themselves or the situations and the stories or what? Just the character, basic characters. Oh, yeah. You know, this, because, because some of them just don't have, it's like, okay, let's, let, let's write a paragraph about Harry Kim from Voyager. Yeah. Oh, put me to sleep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I was, I, I, I came up with something, but <laughs> I yeah. had to think pretty hard. <laughs> well, and when we were talking about Voyager that one time, or one time, I, I can't remember when, we have at various times, and up until the fourth season, I mean, I watched it, I watched all the episodes, and after pretty much Every single episode of the first three seasons, finish an episode, and my overwhelming reaction was, "Yeah, so what?" I mean, mm-hmm. the, there, there's so much mediocrity in that in that series. Yeah, I mean, and some of them are truly bad, but yeah, they don't. Most of them don't leave a big impression. You know, uh, it's interesting because uh, I uh, just was reading an article by um, Michael Piller, or not Michael Piller, um, uh, executive Rick Berman. Oh, sure. And uh, he was talking about Enterprise, and he said uh, point blank that he didn't think it should have been made, that by that time, by the time it came out, uh, there was some pretty serious, what he called franchise fatigue, and that, you know, they should have waited and until the audience was hungry for something new. Or that they even had something new. <laughs> well, that yeah. was the thing. I think the problem wasn't franchise fatigue. I think that's an easy excuse. But the problem is that they had the same people and they who were thinking in terms of, of the other series and they didn't have a new sensibility that they... Well, they should have made Battlestar Galactica, which is what they should have gone with an entirely new aesthetic and but they couldn't do it because the people were just so used to doing the same thing over and over again that that's what made Enterprise look like too similar to the other series well it, it didn't it didn't I mean they tried to do that they you can see many in many ways how they tried to give it a new look and a new feel it just didn't work uh, the you know the Berman Braga uh, show had pretty much exhausted. I don't know. It seems like uh, their their story ideas because I I maintain that the marked difference that you see in the fourth season of Enterprise is because it brought on Manny Cotto and uh, new showrunner. Yeah, yeah, and he had new ideas and uh, a different take on things. I mean, they started going back and looking at uh, you know. Things like the advent of the transporter and the problems that that could bring about. We went back to the mirror universe. He talked. Uh, he did an, an episode with the Organians. He, I mean, instead of shying away from all of the stuff that was in the original series, he went back and looked at the precursors to all those stories and story elements that uh, so many of the, the you know the original series episodes. Uh, relied on and it was what made them good 
Although it did have an awful series finale, though. Oh, God, yes. You know, don't talk about it. I might watch it someday. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I know they tried. There's too much, to me, there was too much of a family resemblance to, in just the, the overall look of, of the ship and everything to Voyager and, and Deep Space Nine. And just to see, to see what type of a different direction you could, they could have gone, all you have to do is look at, at the Battlestar reboot and see, oh yeah, it could have been a lot I, I, I think just about anybody could have may, maybe had that problem. If, if Ronald D. Moore had stayed on Star Trek for many more years, he, he could have gotten into a rut and made a, a horrible show too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean there's no, no fortunately, he obviously. seems to um, want to do different things. Yeah. And I noticed, uh, in fact, I, as it happens, we're, we're watching his, his new show right now. Uh, that Outlander. Hmm. Oh, that's oh, the that's one where show. it takes place in Scotland what, like... in the 18th century. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, it's based on based on some no, uh, romance novels that are pretty hmm. well well known. I recently learned that my late grandmother liked them. <laughs> oh, wow! It's pretty funny, but uh, it's 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 good. It's it's a pretty it's it's a modern, well budgeted R rated cable show. Huh. And um, it has it has it has a very good strong female lead character. Hmm. Um, I think it's it's actually quite good. I've seen it uh, or I've heard of yeah, it. Yeah, I, I had too, and I, I I didn't realize at the time that he was the the showrunner for it. But he he he's written a bunch of them, and he's he's the lead guy on it, and he has the blessing of the book's author. So, well, that's yeah, it's 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 good. I well, I'm only in the first season of it, so we'll see how it goes. But uh, so far, it's been very good. Cool. Well, it's a gritty, gritty Scotland. You know, it, it and it's a lot better than Braveheart. Even though I think <laughs> it takes place around in the same general time period. I hate to say it, but I I really liked Highlander when it or not Highlander. Well, that too. Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was cool. I, I was in high school. <laughs> well, yeah, and. I would, well, Braveheart. I'd be afraid to watch it now, but <laughs> I can't. Uh, when did Braveheart come out? That was nineties, oh, sometime early wasn't 90s, it? Mid, wasn't it? Or mm-hmm. early mid nineties, yeah. something yeah. like that. But I remember really being blown away by that. Yeah, I thought uh, it was good too. It, I haven't. I don't think I've seen it since then. I and I, I don't know. I just have a uh, kind of a gut instinct that it's that it would not hold up. Of course. Part of that is probably because my Mel Gibson, uh, huh? because of Mel, Mel, Mel Gibson. Gib- yeah. yeah, my feelings about Mel I, Gibson. I do remember uh, Patrick McGowan being really good in that. He he played the the king. Yeah, he, he was he was great. He was just he played this awful character. <laughs> yeah, I yeah he was King Edward yeah. uh, the first. I think it was. Yeah, so good stuff. Very good stuff. All right. Well, we seem to have reached yep. the end I, of our I think we discussion the of this end, episode. And I, I think I told Eric I, I managed to piece together the the last recording. Um, oh, okay. okay. That had had the beginning of his recording chopped off. Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's too bad. I I cut out the stuff where we're talking to him and he's not answering <laughs> so, okay <laughs> it, 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 i think it makes sense it, it's just a little shorter <laughs> but i think it still works so we're gonna That's go with fine. it oh cool guys 
Yeah. And I think... Um, oh, yeah, what's next? I want to say tomorrow is yesterday is our, our next one up. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll email you and let you know, but I think that's the, okay. the next one in the missing list. All right, sounds good, so, guys. Good talk to walking to you.